point, I was rolling my eyes and I was like, not one of these episodes. Please, not one of these episodes. <laughs> Isn't Raven a bird? So shouldn't Raven be a jet, not a boat? Ah, true. Yeah, that's that is kind of weird. This might be the greatest line in the whole series. I loved it. She says she hopes Moses isn't offended. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Episode 76 of MassCast is here, featuring another review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series from 1985. Coming up, we will take a look at episode number 60, Venice Menace, which will include our play-by-play commentary mixed with audio clips from the actual episode. When we reach the dramatic halfway point and the conclusion of the episode, we will pause to give our impressions and our verdict using our one to five scale mask o meter. Then we will turn it over to you, the listener, and announce the results of our online poll. Also, read back your reviews posted at agentsofmask.com. If you would like to contribute to these review podcasts, it's easy. Just go to our website, agentsofmask.com. Look in the right hand column there for the mask cast assignment and uh, just click on that picture. You'll be taken right to the review post and the uh, embedded video from YouTube will be there and also our poll and of course our comment section for you to leave a review Venice Menace was originally broadcast on December 20th 1985 in the United States and features Venom learning of the location of Cleopatra's long lost ship of gold Mayhem uses a special machine to turn the, actually it's not a machine he has some liquid that turns the uh, surrounding waters to jelly which allows Bruno Shepard and his stinger, or scorpion, to transverse and dig it up. And it's up to Mask to stop the evil plan of mayhem and taking off with this uh, ship of gold. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of MassCast. With me, as always, is my longtime friend, fellow co-host, the mighty man to my yuck. The world's smallest superhero, Mighty Man. Hi there. And yuck. Ugliest dog. Hiya, folks. Wyatt, is that shrinking machine still working? No clue again. <laughs> you don't remember Mighty Man and Yuck? Okay. Nope. I'll, I, I got to do a little plug for myself. Uh, over there on the RetroNetwork.com, I recently did an article on Mr. Peter Cullen and Frank Welker and all the times that they teamed up and were actually in an, an episode of a show together. And one of them, I might be the earliest one that they were on a show together, was a show called Mighty Man and Yuck. And basically, it was um, this guy, his name was Brandon Brewster, 
who was voiced by Peter Cullen. He was a millionaire. He used a shrinking machine to become this like flying superhero. Okay. And he was known as mighty man. His partner was this uh, dog, the world's ugliest dog. His name was yuck. He was voiced by Frank Welker, of course. And uh, he can basically destroy anything by the sight of his face. And he wore this dog house over his head and he would like remove it. And then if you looked at him, you were like dead, you know, <laughs> like uh, Medusa or something turning people to stone. But it uh, aired in 1979 to 1980 during the Plastic Man comedy adventure show. And uh, it was Ruby Spears that uh, produced it. Just uh, 32 short episodes which are actually now over on YouTube. So I vaguely, vaguely remember the show. I remember Plastic Man. And uh, when I saw Yuck, which is, if you Google it, Wyatt, Y-U-K-K, when I saw him, I had I remembered that character. Yep. But um, I don't remember really anything about the adventures or the show in particular, just the... That character, and I didn't, you know, had no idea that was Cullen and Welker together uh, <laughs> doing that show. And I think I found in the article uh, twenty, I want to say twenty-eight times that they had appeared essentially in the same episode, or were kind of in the same episode where there was maybe a short segment that Welker was in and a short segment that Cullen was in, and weren't necessarily interacting with each other, but. Uh, it was very fun to put together. I'd always wanted to do it and was basically surprised about how many times that they essentially worked together over the years outside of Transformers. That was the whole goal because everybody knows them for you know Optimus Prime and Megatron, and I wanted to see what else beyond that they were uh, essentially together. So uh, cheap plug for that um, over on the RetroNetwork.com. I think I called it... Uh, Cullen and Welker Beyond Transformers, something like that, if you want to look that up. But, yeah, so, uh, yes, I'm, I'm digging. I'm <laughs> I see. Well, <laughs> I, I, a, I did a Google a... here just to see, and I remember, like you said, I vaguely remember that. I just don't remember any episodes about yeah. it. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some cartoons in there in that article that I had no recollection of and some that I had forgotten about. And, oh, yeah, okay, so they were in that together. But uh, it was really fun just kind of digging through their IMDb profiles, essentially, and doing a comparison side by side to, you know, what shows that they were in and just, uh, you know, legends of, uh, you know, voice acting. Right. So as we uh, transition here, we'll get on to uh, one of the other legends of voice acting that we lost recently, but... Uh, as we uh, continue, let's uh, get our mask on. Get your mask on. So uh, what I was alluding to, and if you are you know, part of the mask community and been subscribed to the show for a while, you probably follow us on social media. And uh, even on the website, I posted uh, a little tribute to Brendan McCain that we lost. Very you know, young, in my opinion. And uh, he had uh, been battling cancer of course, Sharon, his wife, Sharon Noble, who was also on the Mask series, had uh, reached out to the community about helping with some hospital bills. And the Mask community stepped up and uh, actually funded her over on GoFundMe. And then we got the sad news. Uh, when was it, Wyatt? Was it right at the end of the year? Right at I like think. the 29th or 30th or something yeah. like that. Right, it right was at the end of really 2020. Right the end. Yeah. 
So uh, wanted to invite everybody, uh, in case you have not seen us over there on Behind the Mask on Bill's show, go out to uh, the website, and you can actually go over to YouTube, our YouTube channel, and watch the um, little tribute video. It's basically the interview that we did with Sharon and Brendan uh, back in 2015, if you can believe that, right after we met Doug at RetroCon. It was like a whirlwind there where we got to meet Doug and then we interviewed uh, Sharon and Brendan like the mo- a month later. And um, we ca- I, I put that together with visuals. So you, as we're talking to them and uh, as they're mentioning things, I'm pulling up some photos that I found on the web and actually through Doug that he's posted on his Facebook page. And uh, it's kind of like a tribute to him. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a very sad way to uh, end 2020 losing uh you know one of our beloved voice actors from the show uh one other thing i wanted to pass along that i don't even think i've shown you wyatt around christmas time one of my friends uh over on the retro network sent me a couple items we've got this item which is a mask coloring book oh nice actually two mask coloring books very nice these are uh Vintage, of course, 1986, I think, is the copyright on these. And they were actually his childhood coloring books, <laughs> like from his own uh, personal stash. And there are a few of the uh, places in here he colored in. Uh, I don't know why Scott is a Smurf on that page, but there are some fun pages in here, some fun art, character art and stuff. And this one that's a big coloring book and then we got the giant coloring book which has a few more pages in there but still some great i, I think these are based around uh a couple episodes actually as i'm looking through there uh the plant show maybe i think is one where they got the seeds well they call it the invasion of the giant plants <laughs> if you can oh, nice. see that yeah um but you've got some fun little, at the beginning, there's some, like, you can see here, profiles of the agents. And uh, I don't know if I can try to scan some of these that aren't drawn on and put up on our page or something. Maybe I can try to do that and people can uh, have fun with them, work in Photoshop and color them in and whatever you want to do with them. Right. So that was a, kind of an unexpected thing that I I haven't really been adding a lot to my mask collection. I've been selling off a lot of my stuff. Well, not a lot. Some of my stuff. Just to make a little cash here and there. And I hadn't been looking out for uh, getting those coloring books. So I thought that was fun. And got two coloring books to add to my mask collection now. Nice. So what else been going on with you? Anything? Not as far too as in much the mask, mask related. Except for our um, sit down with... Bill Ferris over yes. at com. We did get on there. Uh, season five, episode two, I think is what I saw, is where we mm-hmm. sat down with him. And a good 20 minutes or so is our own personal uh, memorial, if you will, for Brendan McCain. And just, you know, go out there if you want to and see how he, what he meant to each of us. Um, mm-hmm. Really, for me, I mean, I, Maybe I'm getting more emotional as I get older, but I, you know, I, I shared that I, I did shed a little tear really because, uh, you know, 
he, he was someone that we talked to. He was something from our our past, a childhood memory. He helped us. I, I shared this with Doug at one point because this was offline after our interview back in 2015, I think even mm-hmm. shortly after our visit there in um, when we went to RetroCon. Because he was mentioning something to me about how it, all of the voice actors tried to point into emphasis that they're, they're talking to kids. This is a children's show, so they have to be mindful how they portray their characters. And I don't know what we were saying or how we said it. And I said, you know, you helped me through through a difficult time. I could, my parents were around that time frame divorcing. And I, you know, sometimes we recluse into some kind of world, we'll call it. That was my world was, you know, mass transformers, pretty much anything 80s, but mass transformers, airwolf, you know, talk it. I was more immersed than before. And being able to see those people or to talk with yeah. Brendan McCain and Sharon Noble and spend, geez, what, an hour or so with Sharon talking about how to write a novel, really. <laughs> yeah, it was about um, two and a half hours in all that we talked to them. Right. So it was, I, I don't know how to really describe it, except that, you know, you see people on Twitter, you, you're, a lot of people interact with, with stars and celebs on Twitter and maybe Facebook and so forth. And it's just a, it, it's now a different world. Back then, we didn't even think we'd ever see hear nothing you know we didn't know who they were yeah <laughs> pretty much we didn't fast forward here we are we got the technology we can sit there and like um bill ferris even said he's he v- views doug stone as a close friend because they talk a lot about hockey that's something that they sync up with you know and they they just jab each other or talk about who's playing what but, it, you know, I, even though it was a casual thing and a little interview, just like anybody in the big talk shows has an interview with someone, it still resounded quite a bit to me. And then losing mm-hmm. him and then seeing the post that Sharon yeah, wrote, I mean, I, yeah. I was heartbroken by how broken she was. Then we lost the voice as well. And it, it just it, it, it did impact me. I know it impacted you as well. But I yeah. know I. I was not a happy camper that day and I was shedding a, a small tear in the car because of it. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, like you said, it was heartbreaking. And again, we'll just plug to go over to that episode of behind the mask, uh, on the Matt tracker YouTube channel and watch that episode. We did talk a little bit more, uh, happier stuff too. Yes, we, we went did. through our best and worst episodes of the series. As you were saying, pre-show up until that point because we haven't reviewed the entire series yet but yeah i had to break out the uh, stone trees and the panda power and let's see i'm trying to remember which one you picked Wyatt. um you got me on the spot i don't i do got you on the spot and bill picked one from the uh, racing series where they were uh trying to uh rescue some people that were enslaved and Decided to have a race, you know. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, so we'll uh, we'll eventually get to that uh, episode, but we did share some pretty good ones though too, and uh, that was just a fun conversation to have. One that I hope to revisit, you know, after we've reviewed the entire series, and we can really uh, dig in and do like a top five list or a, a worst five list, <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully someday we'll get to 
we'll get to do that. We're not too far away from finishing the entire series. So, uh, one other little plug for uh, Bill is I'm not sure if you watched it yet, Wyatt, but he did get Mark Halloran to uh, jump on Zoom with him and uh, did an interview on Behind the Mask, and that was really fun. I had not um, seen an interview with Mark before. I know we had tried to reach out and, and get him on the show about that time when, uh, or a little bit after when we got uh, Brendan and uh, Sharon on the phone and uh, just never panned out, but uh, was glad that Bill got the chance to interview him. So I will plug yeah. that and uh, was fun to hear. I hear a little bit of sly racks when he talks, you know, <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, it's always neat to pull that out and you hear little bits and okay, I, I can hear sly and, Right. Uh, I, I can hear Cliff Dagger, and uh, he he did a lot of those fun characters, uh, the bad guys mainly. But he you know he was on both sides. I think he was Buddy Hawks too, and yeah, uh, can't remember the other one off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, go over there. Bill's cranking out episodes uh, all the time, and uh, he's got the talking overtime too with Mister Kira Wack there. Yep. So. Uh, that's really a, a great place to be on a week to week basis, really, as he's releasing episodes and you're waiting for ours. So <laughs> that's right. So anything else in, uh, in the mass community you want to pass along? No. Okay. I, I think we're finally ready to start the last cast. Manas is very different from anything I ever saw in Canada, mon ami. The city of Canals is different from any other city in the world. We cut right into a boat speeding across Venice with Jacques Lefleur commenting to Matt that Venice is different from Canada as we see Scott shouting that they are slow while he's scooting on T-Bob's water ski mode. <laughs> Just as T-Bob says full speed ahead, they abruptly hit something which has Scott flinging off just like, you know, racks on Piranha. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> hey, T-Bob, what's the matter with you? Why did you stop? Uh, I didn't stop. I'm, I'm stuck. Matt and Jacques pull up to get uh, Scott out of the water, and Jacques believes that T-Bob's hit some kind of sandbar, while Matt corrects him, saying that the water is way too deep. Scott uh, responds that, T-Bob's playing one of his foolish jokes. Jock attempts to pull him out. Then Matt joins in. As they surface, T-Bob believes he's been eaten by a large jellyfish. <laughs> Matt pulls out his buck knife while advising him that it's not a jellyfish, while commenting that it's interesting. It'd be more interesting if it had let me go. It's like jelly or gelatin, but extremely dense and strong. Let's take it back and analyze it. Well... Doesn't he analyze everything? Yeah, true. (laughs) You've got the computer to do it in your car. That's right. (laughs) T-Bob would rather throw it overboard and forget about it as Scott grins. As the duo are next to the volcano van, Scott states that they need to analyze anything suspicious, adding that Matt's sources say that Venom might be operating in the area. Well, obviously, that's why they're in Venice. Right. (laughs) T-Bob quips that if Venom's operating, the patient is in trouble. Haha. Uh-huh. And it begins. Yep. Then they close the doors up to the volcano van, which is kind of pretty decent with the graphics. Uh-huh. And they drive on over to Thunderhawk. So they get out and unload 
the jelly, but uh, it's actually gone, melted or uh, disintegrated, whatever. Uh, near, nearby a crane is on a bridge, which is uh, fishing out a stuck gondola now. And it's stuck with jelly in the water. And the crowd is gasping, watching this guy try to pull it out. Wow! That's the same stuff we found. But it's huge! Quick, T-Bob. I need a jar or something I can collect a sample in. Oh, I can hardly contain my excitement. Jacques uh, cuts off a piece. Puts it in the jar, hands it to Matt. The uh, jelly comes loose from the gondola, splashing into the water and soaking everybody in the crowd. T-Bob jokes that that was more than one drop in a bucket. Mm. Uh, The crane operator tries to grab the jelly, but uh, it's gone now. And uh, Matt notices that the sample in the jar is also gone. And T-Bob jokes that it couldn't have gotten out. The lid wasn't a jar. No, at this point I was rolling my eyes and I was like, not one of these episodes, please. Not one of these episodes <laughs> with all the jokes. And uh, that didn't turn out to be uh, the case as they kept on punning it up. Uh, anyway, we cut now to a rundown building. We get some ominous music that we recognize and inside are mayhem and Vanessa and Rax and Bruno Mayhem slams his hand on this drum and tells Rax and Bruno, Idiots! The drum is leaking! You could have left the trail leading right to us! We didn't notice. These boys wouldn't notice if their heads were leaking. How were we supposed to notice? We had the drum covered so nobody would see it in our boat. You didn't notice this stuff leaking? Did you suddenly go Venetian blind? And he says, it wasn't much. It was just a couple drops. Well, Mayhem tells him he knew that it was a super concentrated formula. And Vanessa now kind of demonstrates that one drop can affect 10 cubic feet of water. And she takes a whatever little residue that was on her fingertips from the leakage of the drum and stirs into a nearby bowl. And the water turns into jelly and she holds it upside down, kind of like, uh, at the Dairy Queen when they turn your blizzard upside down, you yeah. know? And then uh, Mayhem then says that they're lucky the uh, effect is temporary. And now he's looking at the window that uh, nobody followed them back. They didn't follow their trail. And they'll proceed as planned. And so now we cut back to Thunderhawk and the uh, onboard computer there. Analysis of sample. Ordinary H2O with some pollutants. Huh? The water in the jar is just... Water in a jar. Chemical pollutants are common in Venice canals. Impossible to isolate cause of the gelling effect. And I thought that was kind of perplexing because the computer's pretty, pretty good about right. everything it's, else. Why? It's usually it omniscient. Yeah. Anyway, so Matt states that they'll continue to look using the computer library while turning to the duo, suggesting that they could go sightseeing. Scott states that they could rent a boat while that puts the wind in T-Bob's sails. Bum bum. Yeah. T-Bob is up on the stern of the boat. Okay, I'll drive. Uh, how do you start the motor? There's no motor, T-Bob. This is a gondola. The gondolier pushes it with a long stick. I get it. I know all about this stuff. As they push out, T-Bob states that the stick is stuck. And the gondola leaves while he's basically stuck as a flag on the pole. <laughs> 
T-Bob asks Scott to come back while Scott replies that he can't since he, T-Bob, is driving. T-Bob then tells him not to be such a stick in the mud, but then falls into the water as Scott continues to sail down the canal. We then see T-Bob resurface and he quickly runs up to a bridge, then tells Scott that he's got a new stick. Mind if he drops in? Scott shouts, don't jump, but obviously he doesn't listen. He jumps in, which launches Scott again, like Rax, out of the boat, but he comes right back in, just kind of like a seesaw gag, and it ejects T-Bob now, who, who then places his stick between two light posts, pulls off a gymnast's spin, then lands it in the water next to Scott. As he surfaces, he states that this gondola stuff is trickier than he thought. And we, we could have back- cut that whole scene out. We yeah. could have probably done that. <laughs> God. We could have, but I see why it's there later on. Yeah, it was a little too long for me, but anyway. <laughs> so we now we cut to Venom as Miles is handing Rax a map. Here's the map. Now remember, Venice itself did not exist when that map was drawn. I know, I know. You'll have to triangulate from geologic features. That is, you'll have to use your head or something other than bowling. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I laughed at that one. Rax then tells Mayhem to relax since he knows what to do. While under the water, Rax states that the water is so murky that he can't tell where he is. He then states that he should surface uh, carefully. Then we see a reflection of the water is in his sunglasses. And I noticed that with uh, Vanessa earlier. Mm-hmm. As she's, yeah. you know, babbling at her or jabbing at him, you see her in the reflection of the sunglasses. I actually thought that was yeah. pretty clever. Yeah, they do it one more time, too, in the second half. Yep. And then we are back to our duo. Right. And uh, Scott ties T-Bob up now because uh, he's being overboard more than he is on board. And uh, as a gondolier, he'll make a good anchor as he's all tied up now. So T-Bob says he's got it all straight, though, and... He runs down the rules of being a gondolier, and he says there's no way he's going to fall out now. Well, just then, Piranha surfaces underneath their gondola and knocks T-Bob back into the water, of course. T-Bob identifies Piranha right away. Piranha! Uh, And I don't mean fish! I bumped somebody's boat. Better clear out. So Piranha dives down now, but he catches the rope that T-Bob was tied up in, which is now kind of dangling around the uh, the gondola, and he starts dragging it. And T-Bob says, they are getting strung out here. Rex then <laughs> thinks they are uh, following him in this gondola, as Scott is still trying to untangle this rope. And T-Bob says, he can't reach his radio. Well, why can't Scott? <laughs> yeah. Stop messing with the rope. Anyway, Rax sees a a passenger boat ahead now, like this barge, and he gets this idea that uh, he can dive under it, but of course the gondola can't. So uh, we now see Matt and Jacques uh, watching this whole scene from the shore, and Rax does his dive in the Piranha Sub as Scott and T-Bob are now barreling towards the other barge with all the people on it. Matt, look! As we 
fade out to the dramatic commercial break. So, uh, on to you first. Tell me about your impressions of the first half of the episode. I think I already know yours, but uh, eh, it's actually a good story. A little loose, but I, I can I could all, almost see what was going on with with the the blobs, this this leaking fluid that turns everything to gel. Um, that's why I didn't with the lengthy Scott and T Bob commercial there. I did see what why they were doing it. The seesaw the stuff that could have been done different or taken out. But mm. I see why it was there for both comedic value and to illustrate that there's blobs that it was a trail, although it's never mm-hmm. it's never really stated that's how they find them, but there was blobs in the water. The visual effects on racks and sunglasses was kind of a cool twist and I liked it. We already know the plot because you know they're gonna use this blob to do something. We don't know what exactly, but they're gonna go find something. They're gonna use the blob then try to ruin Matt's day. I wasn't too impressed with the the idea that you know so the piranha sub is glass at least the canopy is glass how do you not see a gondola i know it's murky <laughs> they said it was murky good point tried to give them that little bit of a benefit of the doubt but come on you see this big huge even a whale <laughs> right there in your glass how do you not see it i'm just saying yeah i see why they did it they did it for the the rope trick to get to our dramatic commercial break. I got it, but come on. And again, <laughs> we're looking at this adult through adult eyes, not kids. So right. You know. Um, right now, I would say that's more of a tick at the moment. So I'm right at a five. How about you? Okay. Uh, I'm not too far behind. I the the first thing in my notes that I wrote down for halftime was holy crap the puns. <laughs> I mean, everybody was doing it. Vanessa was was making pun jokes, and it it got to me by the uh, by halftime. I'm like, this is this is more than usual. And usually we get a you know a few in the first half, and I'll get to the point where I'm I'm finally rolling my eyes. And I was rolling my eyes a lot earlier in this episode. But one thing that kind of got to me, like you with the piranha thing, I didn't even think about that. You had that big. Uh, glass shield, you know, and, and seeing what's coming up as you're surfacing. But so I, what I immediately said after they said, uh, you know, go sightseeing. Oh, we're going to rent a boat. Why are you renting a boat when T-Bob is a freaking boat? I thought the same <laughs> thing, but they are in Italy. So I, I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to go rent the gondola. So I got yeah, it. Yeah, but... I, I understand that to get the full, you know, Italy effect, but they're just, you know, zipping down the canal to start the show and they're like, you guys are too slow, you know, whatever. And well, it's like, why would you trade that in for motor, a gondola? You know? yeah, true. You could have given uh, Scott a better, even fu- more fun ride on a gondola right to the clouds. <laughs> so anyway, so thinking about that before they even got to that scene, just made that scene so much longer. I'm like, I'll just cut all this out anyway. Uh, like you, I did notice the animation, the the reflection in Rax's glasses, which was really fun with uh, Vanessa. I actually just threw a, a screenshot up there on the Facebook right before we got on, and uh, uh, that was really fun. They really played around with that this episode. But uh, overall, the story seemed to be paced well, and um, it was obviously going to be a, 
Scott and T-Bob are going to be Scott and T-Bob episode. You know, just kind of there the, for the humor and to kind of get in the way, which they usually do. They kind of help the story along a little bit, but it was just basically the jokes that got to me in the first half. So I did was irritated enough to knock it down from a five to a four. So I'm only at a four. I'm one point behind you starting uh, the second <laughs> half of the episode. So we return from our commercial break. Thunderhawk transforms and launches into the water and uses the laser cannon to cut the rope. It still has the gondola uh, hit the small boat, but it jumps. I, I didn't like this trick. I, I don't know. Oh, that's that's what I, I thought I blundered. We'll get it, to but yeah, it. But, yeah. While they're ha- so happy to see Dad, they to, that they cut the rope. They still seem to not notice that they're jumping in the air. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's kind of like slow motion. Oh, thanks, Dad. And psh, splash Where, back where's, in. But... Where's, the, uh, where's the coyote? Help. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's Dad. He cut the rope. He cut it pretty close, if you ask me. Back at the dock, Jacques states that it was Piranha that they were playing whale boat with. Mac confirms that Venom is up to something, and he believes that gelled water has something to do with it. Well, no kidding, Sherlock. Who's um, <laughs> now in his flight suit, and and uh, Jacques still in his uh, street clothes. Yeah, must have found a phone booth. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Okay, so you had to fly a Thunderhawk, so let's put him in his flight suit now, That's real it. quick. <laughs> so we get a, I'll call it a four point nine, battle scene here, or call up rather. He goes satellite link, mass computer, select the best agents for mission in Venice. We get a. True, like kind of a true tie-in, but we don't get the orbiting satellite. To the yeah, no, that was great. I don't remember them doing this before, where no. it was it faded from the Thunderhawk computer screen to the Boulder Hill computer screen in right. the war room there. So it that was that was really good that it was you know essentially syncing up, linking up, you know. That's it. But then it goes, yeah, like you said, to the Boulder Hill computer, and then we get Calhoun Burns, specialist in urban environments. Uh, Raven is the vehicle and Phibius capability essential for mission location. And he is brushing a horse when the watch goes off with a even worse sound than it's ever been made. Um, Yeah. Then he jumps the stall and leaves. What almost looks like the horse kicked him. It did. You know, now that would have been funny if he'd been back there. He stopped brushing the horse. He and he, he gets the call and he gets <laughs> he gets kicked out of the stall. Now that would have been fun. Yep. But yeah, it looks like he just hopped it. And then we get Gloria Baker, champion race car driver, uh, black belt in kung fu. She gets shark. The submarine capability gives probable advantage, which is actually a cool way mm-hmm. to nomenclate that. And she leaves in the middle of a hair salon while there she's getting her hair washed. I'm sure she, the salon person is like, what, what, your hair's wet. It's all soapy. <laughs> yeah, she got the soap on her face as she gets up. Yep, so then we get the approval. And then we now pan around Venice, where the bassy Venom theme starts ushering us into the Piranha Sub as it's traversing under the water. Mayhem, 
This map must be bogus. There's nothing down there but hundreds of years worth of sunken junk. That map was found sealed in an urn that was 2,000 years old. It's genuine. I stole it myself. Keep looking. Just then, Rax gets a reading saying it's big and metal and right where Mayhem said it would be. Well, fancy that. Follow the map, dude. Yep. Cutting back to the hideout, Rax adds that it must be under the mud. Mayhem instructs him to take a sonograph. I think that's what he said. I, I sonograph, that back yep. like three or four times to try to hear yes, that. Yeah, that's what he said. To get the shape of the image under the mud. Back to the nose of the sub, we see what, I won't call them lifter rings, but they're, they're faded rings at that. Sonar effect, waves, yeah, right, what I call them. That cuts it to the water's floor. That signal gets sent right back to this large mainframe-looking computer for Venom at their hideout, where Mayhem exclaims, that's it, as we see the graphic image of a ship. Mm-hmm. Vanessa seems amazed. Cleopatra's barge, it really exists. But how did it wind up in northern Italy? It was stolen after Cleopatra's death, but the thieves were lousy sailors and lost it here. Sounds like something Bruno would do. Yeah, Bruno, replies Bruno. That it, <laughs> yep, Bruno replies that it looks like any sunken boat. Then Miles adds that this boat is made of solid gold. And now we come back to Mask. Matt tells the agents to disperse and watch out for anything venomous. Well, Calhoun says that they'll answer to us if they harm this wonderful city and announces to everybody to get in their vehicles. I was like, well, are you taking over for Matt here, dude? Or what? <laughs> but, well, later uh, on, he kind of, kind of takes the girl away, you know? Yeah, well, but of course he makes sure that Gloria gets to go first, ladies yeah. first. So uh, she enters Shark, and it uh, converts as she enters the water. And Well, the, what I noticed is it was it kind of prepped itself. So it only fins, brought up the yeah. good fins first, and then she launched it, and then it finally did its final transformation. That's right. That's right. Calhoun then, uh, he calls for his mask inside Raven, and he drives and converts Raven before hitting the water. And then Juck kind of turns to Matt and... I'm not going to be much help searching Vanas in a land vehicle. Don't worry, Juck. Just keep your eyes peeled. And, I got a uh, question here rock. we need to ask Bill about. Okay. Isn't Raven a bird? So shouldn't yeah. Raven be a jet, not a boat? Uh, true. Yeah, that's, that is kind of weird. I don't know if they just did it because the car is black. It and, probably was. But, but it, the, and the funny part is, it, the doors flip down. So you'd think it'd be a funky made-up sh- you know, jet. Yeah. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Good point. Um, so as Matt uh, takes off, we get back to Piranha. There was some good kind of back and forth, I think, mm-hmm. in the in the last half of the episode. And, uh, again, just well-paced. Uh, so we're back to Piranha. Rax has, a sh- has a shot explosive harpoons around the surface of the barge uh, in the mud. And Mayhem tells him now to get out of there and tells Bruno to get in position. Well, Bruno drives uh, Stinger towards the water. Or uh, Scorpion, as it's known in this episode, and says uh, as he uh, gets close to the barge that he is as close to the barge as he can get on land. So then Vanessa loads a canister into her trunk, and Switchblade, we see now, take off, flies overhead in helicopter mode. Mayhem reminds them they have one hour to get the barge out before the jelly wears off. 
And then he calls for his mask. We had the, except for maybe one time this whole episode, they were calling for their masks, which we don't uh, get a lot of. Something else that's neat is when he does that, the seatbelt buckles itself. Yeah, I did see that too. So he got the seatbelt after he got his mask. Uh, anyway, then we're back to uh, Thunderhawk overhead now, and Matt says his bird's eye view is laying an egg. Anyone else spot anything? I don't see a single unusual thing on these canals, Matt. Nothing under them either. Mayhem overhead now has one of the canisters on the skid of Switchblade and begins spraying the water, which of course turns it to jelly. And Raven spots him. Calhoun says he'll go after him, but he... Uh, quickly gets stuck after that in the jelly and he then radios that he'll go after him on foot and he slips as soon as he gets out of the car and says it's more slippery than a banana peel on ice Mm -hmm. so now we cut under the water and shark is essentially stuck and uh glory says she feels like she's inside a gelatin dessert so uh, she's stuck under the water, and now Matt says uh, Venom is gumming up the works again, and he calls for his mask now. So uh, we get through that scene, and now we are back over to our duo. Right, where for some reason a coin flies by T-Bob. And he, was flipping it. he was oh, flipping it. Was he it. flipping it? I missed yeah. that part. As they're walking down the street, he's kind of flipping it up in the air. Completely missed that. Yeah. So then T-Bob states that the whole canal is full of gel. He then jumps to the top, then slips and falls. <laughs> you may not, but I think I can extend myself to meet this situation. Great. You can give me a ride. Dad didn't say we weren't allowed to walk on the canals. Somehow, I feel your dad won't be thrilled with that logic. <laughs> Next, we see yeah. Scott riding piggyback atop the gelled canal with T-Bob. Uh, we now cut back to Switchblade flying over with Miles stating that every water vehicle in the city is useless. He instructs Scorpion to move in, and we see it transform. Uh, he now drives uh, Scorpion onto the gel with Bruno amazed that it worked and he could drive over this stuff. I'm the only one who can move around. I'm in position. Rags, fire the explosive harpoon. Roger, head up out there. As I thought, the gelled water can't blow back into the hole. It won't be long now. I like the animation there, too. That was really good, the way the explosion went off. Yes, I agree. Scorpion extends the claw arm as we see Thunderhawk come into view with Matt stating that he'll add some hot sauce to Venom's pudding. Now, before I go further, I thought he would have lasered the gel and I thought he was going to liquefy it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was going to happen. Instead, he shoots the lasers at Switchblade and it forces him to evade. Now, Thunderhawk chases while Vanessa flies right behind Thunderhawk and begins blasting away at, at Matt. Now, Matt quips that the game of tag is turning into leapfrog. Matt now says, What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's not really leapfrog, but okay. It's tag a tag. I don't. So, Matt states that he's got a feeling. That he'll be busy for a while. Well, no kidding. Try to get to the mouth of the Grand Canal. Venom's digging something up there. Well, I should be there any year now. Jacques is using the long stick in the gel and says he can't stand sitting around. He states that 
it's so thick and ponders something while jumping into a volcano. He instructs Mask and drives onto the gel with a spin out. Then he stops and comments that he'll get on this action yet. Hmm. Now we cut to Shark. Uh, yes. Now Gloria gets her mask, no command here. That's the only and one. And says, command. that's right. And says, uh, the heck with this. As she opens the driver window and turns on Aura, which shoots like pieces of jelly inside the car. So it's kind of like melting it. Yeah. Uh, didn't really connect with me how she got out of here. But anyway, uh, Vol- uh, Volcano pulls alongside Raven now. And Jock tells Calhoun he looks like he's on the skid spread. And I couldn't understand what he said. Uh, like skid- he's on the, no, he says, uh, quips that he looks like he's on the skids. Okay, whatever. Um, Tells him if he wants a lift, and Calhoun gets in Volcano. And and at this time, then we see Shark has somehow made it to the surface. And Gloria is using the Aura mask to melt a walking path, essentially. And this might be the greatest line in the whole series. I loved it. She says, she hopes Moses isn't offended. (laughs) She's uh, (laughs) parting the jelly there. As she's walking along, uh, that, I thought that was just a, a very fun line. Uh, we get back to Stinger or Scorpion, and Bruno pulls out the barge. As Mayhem says, Vanessa's taking care of that masked marauder. Hurry! This thing must weigh 50 tons, but it slides easy on this jelly water. We cut back to Volcano now, which pulls up next to Gloria, who has her thumb out like a hitchhiker. I thought yep. that was great. And she hops in Volcano. So they're all in Volcano now, except for Matt. And then we cut back to Stinger. Uh, Mayhem tells Rax overhead to essentially splice up the barge with his lasers once it reaches the shore. So then they can each haul a piece off. I thought that was uh, interesting. Uh, that, that Rax can slice through, like, gold. Vanessa is still pursuing Thunderhawk now. Matt flies underneath a bridge... And Vanessa's just had about enough of him. Radio's back to mayhem that... I can't stop this maniac. He's circling back in your direction. Let him come. I'll clip his wings. Well, mayhem welcomes him. And uh, this was probably the best part of the episode. Very fun. Mayhem fires his uh, missile from Switchblade, which uh, eventually collides with Thunderhawk's front passenger, Fender. And it causes... Thunderhawk to plummet towards the water. Scott sees the whole thing uh, from uh, down below as he's still riding T-Bob like a horse. Uh, Matt says Thunderhawk is about to become a lead balloon, so he better make a splash. And Thunderhawk carves this trench right in front of Stinger as it crashes into the jelly, who is uh, Stinger still dragging that barge behind him and has to go essentially around it. And Matt climbs out of Thunderhawk, and we see uh, Volcano now converting and starting to fire back at uh, Switchblade. And then they're in the heat of battle now. I mean, this was uh, this was really good at the end here. We see Manta firing back, and Volcano continues to fire. Now we got Rax, who is uh, off the shore there, now shooting at Volcano. And uh, Calhoun takes control of the... Uh, I. This bugged me. I didn't know what in the world he did to make it spin out like that. I mean, he does like about eight donuts. Yeah. And uh, ends up like close to Rax. 
to uh, essentially gun it and the tires spraying je- the jelly all over racks. But right. that little trick, I don't know if it they meant to like say uh, this is the first time Calhoun's ever drove this thing or something and it he can't control it or why they, that was the only reason why he could get over to him was to do all those donuts anyway. So he takes out racks and then uh, Matt tells him good job and tells Calhoun to use Gulliver to shrink the barge. Calhoun jumps out and he uses Gulliver full power on and shrinks the barge with uh, Bruno kind of ended up being dumbfounded there. You know, where's the, where's the barge? Scott and T-Bob now kind of wander up and T-Bob who Scott says moves the fastest on the jelly. Okay. Could have uh, been a scheme of this whole time or something. Right. Yeah. Anyway, he crawls up and Scott snatches the ship and kind of holds it over his head. And Matt wonders where they came from and tells everybody to kind of cover them. So uh, Bruno pulls Stinger around now towards Scott and T-Bob and Matt takes matters into his own hands here, uses Spectrum Laser to shoot Stinger and disable one of the tank tracks. They've got the barge and it's a standoff. Let's get out of here. As he drops Switchblade down, so, uh, I don't, why? <laughs> he drops Switchblade down so Bruno can grab onto the skid mm-hmm. and then they start flying away and then he converts to jet mode and he and Manta, who pulls up behind him, jet out of there with Bruno hanging onto the skid. We don't ever happen, know what uh, happened to Rax. He's probably still covered in jelly until it melts, oh. you know. Anyway, and then he can drive away. <laughs> so uh, as Venom leaves, we cut to later in time, and the agents are now all back on the shore, all their vehicles standing by, and Calhoun uses Gulliver at full power once again to bring the barge back to size. Matt is kind of in awe of the barge and... We'll take it to one of Venice's museums. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, the schooner, the better. Now, this was great. I did like that they groaned at him. Yes, yes. We never see that. We never get them just sick of the puns and all that. So this is what kind of saved it for me at the end as far as... T-Bob's jokes just pounding and pounding on me that they ended on this note where they groan back at T-Bob and fade out. I was like, yes. <laughs> and then we uh, are now off to our beloved PSA. And we fade up to T-Bob attempting to lift some weights, which okay. T-Bob, you doing? Exercising. I decided I need to get into better shape. T-Bob adds more weight as Scott states that he'll just wear out his parts. T-Bob refutes it, but we see his arms kind of extended and left extended as Scott states, If you exercise too hard or too long, you can actually strain or even injure yourself. You have to work up to each level gradually. Always have to muscle in, don't you? And that brings us to our rating. And we get the long arm scratching the head. <laughs> yes, yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, just from the second half of the episode, uh, I didn't like the rescue at, after halftime. The logistics were off because as they're leading up to the break, they're really closing in. I mean, it's like they're like right there. 
And by the time, you know, Matt would uh, get the thing converted and get up into the air, the thing would have already crashed. So the timing was a little bit off. And then they had this conveniently placed boat, like empty boat that they, uh, you know, hit, hit off of to jump up in the air and jump over the, the passenger boat. I'm like, where'd this boat come from? It's just floating along, man. I guess. Yeah. So that was kind of a head scratcher that they, I don't know that that could have, I think happened a little bit better, but eh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they missed like a pre-selection for Jacques in the call up. Like True. they, anytime anybody's on scene, there's usually like uh Jacques or, uh, Bruce pre-selected because they're already there, you know, <laughs> with their vehicle or whatever. So that was just a little tick, more or less, that uh, they didn't do that they normally do. The the fading from the computer screens was great from Thunderhawk back to Boulder Hill. I didn't remember seeing that before. Like you said, they used Rax's glasses a lot. Now, in this one scene, they were reflected the uh, Piranha computer screen going through. I guess when he got that reading yeah. that the, uh, yeah. the barge was underwater they kind of reflected off his glasses again and that was moving around. So I don't know. I guess the animators that day were like, let's do something with Rax's glasses this episode. And they did it like three times. And I don't know if we, we, I guess we've kind of seen it before a couple of little things here and there, uh, the reflection off things, but, um, that was just fun. And then the final battle was actually quite long. I mean, it was a good, I don't well, I, I don't know if it was a, full battle, but just that final scene of everything kind of coming together, pulling the ship out and mass coming on scene. And, uh, it was a good, I don't know, probably five or six minutes at the end, end of the episode. And we got plenty of mask use, you know, the battle with the vehicles too, and the mortality of the vehicles, like we always say. So we like seeing yep. stuff happen to them. They're not, uh, impenetrable. They don't have uh, kits, molecular bonded shell. They, can actually get hit people can get hurt and well we just like the realism of that more or less over you know matt being the all-knowing all-powerful <laughs> use my use my mask uh, when in any situation i've got a you know solution type character so i did enjoy that but overall i i was kind of trying to bump it up a little bit to maybe get that four and a half and go to five but I ended up voting for a four, but it, I think it was pretty solid episode overall. I liked the pacing throughout. Uh, it, it went by pretty quick. It wasn't uh, yeah. dragging or anything. And even though we didn't get the uh, call up until after halftime, I thought it still kind of worked. So what about you, sir? Tell me uh, what you landed on. I thought it was a lot better episode than we've seen for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We like, you pretty much hit on everything. We've got a much better call up minus a couple things, but still, you know, it was a lot better than what we've had. A lot more mask, a lot more vehicle users than we've seen. Also, it's usually just the vehicles, mm-hmm. very little mask usage of anything. To me, the animation was pretty good. It was. Yeah. Like, like, well, even with the, with them launching off the, the dock for mask, um, uh, it was actually pretty good. And obviously, we've already hit, talked a lot about racks of sunglasses. That was good. The kind of suspense, if you will, of getting stuck or slipping on the gel, I thought it was actually kind of comical. 
to, for some some of it. And I get even though it was drawn out with the with the duo in the first half, I got why they did it, why they used the gel, why they you know got st- stuck in the uh, in the the gel. Yeah, using the gel to steal this golden barge, pretty clever. Um, yeah, it was an interesting. I mean, that was you don't typically there, there's really nothing to compare it to the no. water turning to gel and using that to your advantage to get land vehicles on water, you know, to, you know, get down to the bottom instead of just using a sub or something, you know? Uh, yeah, it was pretty clever. The battle was good. Again, about to see a lot of drama there. Uh, you've pretty much touched on it. And you just even said about the, we get to see the impact that the, the, the fragileness of the vehicles with, Thunderhawk, especially getting hit and going down. I thought they were going to destroy it and come up with Thunderhawk three. Actually, <laughs> well, or, and that was neat. The just the way that they okay, so we're gonna we're gonna shoot down Thunderhawk this episode. What can how how can we use that to our benefit? Well, that was great. He just made a trench all the way right in front of the path of uh, Scorpion or Stinger right. there, and I just thought that was uh, really well thought out. I agree. As as compared to some episodes where it's just you know what are you guys thinking? <laughs> but yeah, that was that was good. The mass commands minus Gloria's was pretty cool with the added little seatbelt thing for Switchblade. I was off and on about the jokes. There were times where I felt like it was too much, like you usually do, um, but they were okay. My markdowns was that awful freaking. They can't figure out which which alarm to use for the mask watch. I did mark them down for that because you know what they know what it is. Why do they keep changing it? It has to be like a new audio guy that just every time at a new episode. Oh yeah, we got to oh 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 we'll just use this one. I'm waiting well, for I, I'm waiting for the Star Trek red alert to come through next. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we talked about uh, in our least in favorite episodes with bill we don't know the the actual order of these episodes that were produced i mean there we've noticed different things from episode to episode so it could be that you know they filmed or or produced 20 or 25 episodes with that sound effect and as they went into the next 20 or 25 episodes they tried something new but they're all kind of interspersed together and it's not a not a like a chronological order of how they produced them. So I think there's some of that mixed in with uh, our numbering versus how they produced it. So, but it, yeah, it, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's annoying when you go from episode to episode and you're expecting one thing and you hear another. So. Exactly. And the last thing is the PSA didn't connect with the episode. Um, right. That's more of a tick, but it's, it's become a commonplace where they've right. connected anymore. Overall, I was right at a solid 4.5, but I'm going to round up. I think it's a 5. Okay. And that leads us to our poll. Right. And uh, over on our polls, we had, let's see, 13 votes. Nine of those were for four. And we had two fives, two threes. So overall, it sounds like everybody thought this was a a pretty good, solid episode. Uh, Not any, you know, bottom of the barrel stuff there. Right. And we had uh, three comments. One from Decker. So I was at a 3.5, but routed down to a 3. Things I loved. 
The masks were actually used to resolve the plot. I also liked Calhoun driving Volcano while Jacques manned the turret. Gloria making the hitchhiking gesture was pretty funny. Mayhem's joke about the stealing ma the map himself was pretty funny. Things I didn't like. The plot was making the water gel was pretty far-fetched. I also don't think the computer selected Jacques and Matt didn't pre-select him. Also, mm -hmm. Matt quick changes into his Thunderhawk outfit while Jacques remained in his civilian clothes. Also, the PSA didn't match the episode. It should have been about the hydrating while you're exercising. But I enjoyed it, except for poor Jacques, who felt tacked on. <laughs> it's a good observation. He yeah. was trying every which way, just like, what am I going to do? I can't do anything. That's right. But we see he you know, helped out in the end. And that yeah. takes us to our good friend, Anna. Yes, uh, Anna says, this is a cool episode with some good battle scenes. Among several positive things was that a good explanation was given for the choice of the vehicles for Shark and Raven, their amphibious and submarine capabilities. In addition, I really enjoyed the scenes with Venom this time. I loved the map and its historical background, and I thought it was really cool that Venice didn't even exist when it was written. I liked the humor of Venom's bickering. I thought it would made a nice change that an entire scene was at least partly from Rax's point of view. Yeah, I mean, where he's kind of off on, on his own down there right. on the sub trying to complete the mission, in other words. Uh, she continues, there's also some good animation with the reflection in Rax's glasses. First of Vanessa's face and later of the water when he's driving in the canal. Also liked the way Stinger was used. However, I found it very unlikely that Scott and T-Bob would land so perfectly in the water after the rope was cut when they were about to crash and they were sent flying into the air. Yeah, that was, uh, yep. I don't know. It, I didn't really <laughs> care for that scene altogether, but yeah, I didn't, they just weren't, I don't know. The uh, even the at the end when Scott's riding them around and they just happen to walk up and grab the, you know the uh, barge themselves. They didn't need to do that. They could have had somebody else grab it or whatever. Didn't need to essentially be there. But uh, that's what they do. They <laughs> they get in harm's way, right? Right. And that's always part of the episode. So uh, good points there from Anna. And we've got one comment left from Shopping Simon. Right. It was a very good episode. I gave it four points. It was very entertaining to watch Venom search for Cleopatra's barge and extract it from the canal. And then there was a, a, yeah, there was a lot of fighting with masks. This episode also had three of the new vehicles, Volcano, Stinger, and Raven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of this Series 2 vehicles yeah. uh, that, that came out. And uh, that's what I was thinking too, like, cause the vehicles, the second batch I was thinking came out in 86. So they were, you know, essentially using what they knew from probably, you know, the animation, whatever the producers were telling them about the vehicles and, and things. So yeah, it's interesting that while we're in season one of mask, before we get to the racing season, they're still kind of split up with the, the quote-unquote new vehicles with Volcano and Stinger and Raven and Slingshot and, you know, those second series vehicles being in there versus 
the you know the original release of the toys. So right. it's funny how it's kind of split up that way. Uh, okay, so next up, we are uh, we have finished season six of Mass Cast episodes fifty one to sixty. So as we normally do, we're going to go back and take a look at. Uh, each of those episodes, what we rated them, we're going to just basically give you an overview as we do before we get on to the uh, last mini-season here of the season one of Mass Cast, or season one of the, the animated series. So we're going to go over episodes 51 to 60 and just do a basic overall review and compare those 10 episodes to previous seasons. Always fun to take a look at that and see which ones kind of come out on top and everything. And then once we do our overview, then we're going to do 61 to 65. That will kind of finish the mask animated series season one before we jump into the 10 racing episodes. So we're, we're getting there, man. 15, 15 episodes left to watch (laughs) and review. So it's been a really fun journey and I look forward to, finishing them up (laughs) same here and as we say that we're closing out for another episode of mask cast and we want to invite you once again to join us on agents of mask and follow us on our social media sites uh and continue to give us your input on on the episodes or anything related to mask we follow a lot of people out there good fans Mm -hmm. i've actually seen a few join the community recently uh they have their own uh podcast and so forth but uh, yep. you know this is great. There's a, a bigger fan base building as as we keep going, and it's great. So uh, anyway, on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt, and thanks for watching and listening to us here on MassCast. MassCast. That should occupy him long enough for us to finish.